Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Hey, contractors, welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps you grow your business and finally get off the tools so you can enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Today's guest is an absolute powerhouse in the home services industry, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Angie Snow started Western Heating and Air Conditioning with her husband a little over 14 years ago, and they went from a husband and wife team to a team of 45, and they were actually recently acquired. Aside from now serving as the Director of Marketing at Western Heating and Air Conditioning, Angie is also a Principal Industry Advisor at Service Titan, and everything she does is around giving back to the industry. She served on the Board of Directors for Women in HVACR for the past six years. She's a presenter, she's a coach, she's a mentor, And honestly, I could go on and on. But what you most need to know about Angie is that she is really good at building a successful HVAC business. In today's episode, we dig into what I think is a really interesting topic, which is how you can build a successful contracting company with your spouse. Angie talks about how her and her husband divided their roles, how they built in accountability without nagging each other or killing each other, (laughs) and also how they got to the level of success they're at today, how they celebrate the wins, how they infuse that culture into their business as well. So whether or not you are in business with your spouse, this episode is going to teach you so much about the relationships that are fundamental to growing your business. So let's head on over to hear from Angie. I am so thrilled to introduce today's guest. Welcome, Angie, Angie Snow of Western Heating and Air Conditioning. So glad to have you here. So glad to be here. Thank you, Crystal. Very, very excited. I think there is so much for us to talk about, but I love your story in particular. And I think it's a story that a lot of our listeners can relate to. So maybe tell us, you know, the Coles notes of how you got involved in the trades. (laughs) Uh, It's a fun story. I actually had no intention of being part of the trades as a young girl, like many of us um, happened to fall into this. My background is actually in education. I was a second grade teacher, teaching school, loving it. Uh, And then one day my husband who did have a desire and a passion for HVAC. He'd been in the industry for 10 years. And and he said, Angie, I would love to buy a heating and air conditioning company. Uh, There's one for sale. It's a great company. 
They've been around for about 12 years and the owner is getting ready to retire. Would you like to come and do this with me? I need someone that can help me run the numbers, run the books, um, stay in the office. And as a mom with three young children under the age of five, I thought this is a great opportunity for me to stop teaching, stay at home with my kids, and I can just run the business from my living room. And that's what I did. (laughs) And so we bought our business in 2007, right before the recession. So that was a that was a challenge in itself. But uh, as we got through that recession, we had four technicians, we started to grow, we started to learn, we joined some best practice organizations, we hired business coaches, and we began to see a lot of amazing success. And so uh, throughout that success, we were then asked to come speak and engage with other contractors, which was fun, share some of our best practices, some of our knowledge. And you know, the one interesting thing that a lot of people were really interested in is how do you run this business with your husband? Because that was like, wait, you work together and you're married? Is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> so so we started doing some business coaching and coaching other couples and helping them run businesses together. And now uh, we've here we are 12 years later. Uh, actually, no, 15 years later. We've wow. had our company now for 15 years. And it's been so fun uh, to the point where we were just acquired last fall. And so now we are still, it's been awesome to go from beginning to end to be acquired and still, still be able to be in that day to day, um, but just at at a different level now. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, We've loved growing our business and blessing the lives of our employees and our customers and just building a solid brand in our community. It's been a lot of fun. Amazing. And congratulations on 15 years and all your success. I think that's huge. And I love that you talk about, you know, that it's, it is somewhat common in this industry to be in business with your Mm -hmm. spouse. And I can only, you know, if I, if I think about working (laughs) with my spouse, uh, I can only imagine some of the challenges. So I guess I'm curious, like if you can take me back to when you started, did you go into it super excited or were you a little bit nervous or hesitant about how that might go? Well, you know, I really did not have a passion for heating and air conditioning. In fact, my husband, uh, he had been a general manager for a service experts out in Fresno, California, right before we bought the business. And his boss gave him this plaque that said, have fun. And I was like, fun. Like, do you call that fun? Like, I would rather go play in a room with second graders all day. That is fun. Like running a heating and air conditioning business, that is not fun. So I really didn't have a desire, but I love my husband and I knew this was a dream of his. He talked about it for years. Like eventually one day I'm going to have a business. And so, you know, I, because I loved him, I wanted to support him in his dream. And I had no idea that once I got in there and once I started learning more about business and what things were working. And we were doing, you know, different marketing, you know, trying different marketing tactics and seeing what worked and what didn't and trying to develop a leadership team and develop our employees. And as we were doing this, I started having fun. And then I realized what that plaque meant. And I really started to develop a passion for that. And so that's when I really kind of decided, all right, if we're going to do this and this is fun, like I want to be good at it. And so that's when we joined a best practice organization. We joined Service Nation Alliance 
they were critical. They really helped us and coached us. They gave us resources to help us grow our business. We started hiring additional business coaches. I joined women in HVACR because for so long, I would go to these conferences and be the only woman in the room. And so to know that there were other women out there in this as well, it gave me an opportunity to network and learn and grow from them as well. So it was, it started to become fun at that point. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> Amazing. And I want to dig into all of that. But I guess let me start with, you know, when you did first go into business together that first year, how did you go about divvying up the roles or like what did that look like for you two to work together? Well, it was really interesting because the the couple that we'd purchased it from, they were in their 60s, they were ready to retire. And they both had, they were running it together as husband and wife, and they had their specific roles. The husband, he, and because they were so small, he would answer the phone, he would book his own calls, he would run all the sales calls, he would manage his two or three team members to make sure everything was done, keep their relationships going with the vendors. Like he did all of that. Her job, she would do payroll. She did the back-end invoicing, uh, worked with vendors, paid bills. And so that was kind of like, well, we'll just step in and do what they're doing, which was fine. And it worked for a little bit until my husband was like overwhelmed. Like He's like, how in the world am I supposed to answer a phone call while I'm meeting with a customer? Like, this isn't working. Angie, I need you to take the phones back to the house. And I was like, Okay. So it was really trial and error. And pretty soon uh, he took on the marketing because that was what, you know, his degree was in the business uh, technology management business. And so he did that, but it wasn't working. I'm just going to say, we sent out this cow postcard once that was just, we spent so much money on it and it was such a bomb. I was like, how about I take over marketing? And he was like, please, please take over the marketing for me. <laughs> and I have this creative, like fun mind. And so once I took over marketing and some of the numbers that I was tracking, like, even though my master's is in math education, I was not loving the accounting side. And he's like, Angie, let me take over the numbers. So really it came to a point where we had to use each other's strengths to develop our roles. And then we had to trust each other in those roles and support each other in those roles. But it, it wasn't until that point that we really started taking off when we were using each other's strengths in the right way to, to help our business grow. That's when it took off. So I think for any, some advice for any couples who are trying to figure this out, stop for just a second and take a look at what your strengths are and then assign those roles and then trust each other to do that. I could not be like a nag to him and say, have you got this report done? Have you done that? Like, that's not good for our marriage. That's not good in a business. Um, like just trust each other. And yes, some things flopped, but we supported each other. We lifted him up and we, we kept going. So uh, that would be my advice when you're, when you're looking to determine roles in, in a marriage and in your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. So you talk about learning to, you know, trust each other and say, you know, that ball is in your court. Yes. What is the balance there with accountability or is there an accountability to each other or how does that work? Absolutely. Um, and we kind of found that out the hard way too, because, uh, you know, to, to have a strong marriage, I did not want to be that nagging wife that was like, hey, this still hasn't been done. This bill needs to be paid. I, like, I didn't want to do that. And one of the things that we did that was the best thing 
for our marriage and for the accountability in our company was to hire a business coach. Now we have a business coach um, and and we've hired a lot of different business coaches since we've had our business. We typically look at like, where are we the weakest in our business right now? Like, where do we need help? Is it in our finances? Is it in our management? Is it in our, um, just our overall business setup? And so we would get a business coach and that person would help us as we're choosing our action steps. And we stay accountable to them instead of each other. So now it's like, oh my gosh, we got to get that done because our business coach is going to ask us about it. And so it was really nice to have that third party there to keep us accountable. And it was worth every single cent I've paid for a business coach to help us do that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And and then you're not, you know, needing to nag or check in on each other. Uh-huh. It's somebody else's job. And yeah, that keeps things nice and neutral. It it, it's been the secret to our uh, our happy marriage. Well, one of the secrets, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess what would be another secret that you learned to keeping a happy marriage and business? Um, another one is to know when to turn off business. And when it's time to just be a married couple, right? And time to time to focus on your family. And it's very hard. I, I see this with so many couples who are in business together and maybe not necessarily couples, but even just partners like father sons, or, you know, there's a lot of different family dynamics that, that work into businesses. But when you get home, it, it's it's important to turn that off. And sometimes it's hard, like, he'll get home and he'll want to talk to me about some of the things that just happened at work today. And so we have set up a boundary though. And we've set up a boundary as far as like where in the house we can talk about business and for how long. So for us, our place was our kitchen counter. We would meet at the kitchen counter for 10, 15 minutes after work. And we would kind of wrap up all those loose ends and talk about business. And our kids understood this as well. When mom and dad are standing at the counter talking about business, we know it's not going to be all night. We know it'll only be for 10 or 15 minutes. We'll let them talk. And then their mom and dad the rest of the night. And so setting up that boundary of when and where to talk about business and then knowing that you're only leaving it to that little bit of time and then being able to turn it off and, and find that balance, I think is super, super important and very key to a healthy relationship and a healthy balance with your family. Yeah, absolutely. Was there ever a time that you felt like you didn't have that balance? Oh yeah. There have been plenty of times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. Like I'm trying to think of all the different times. Uh, Of course you have fires in your business. We have, you know, if, if something happens to one of our employees, an accident, or we have a customer escalation that happens at eight o'clock at night and we're in the middle of family time, we have to stop and take care of it. And the kids understand that as well. Um, and I think it's really important to, to, as you're like, when we're going through some of those things to stop and explain to your children, like, okay, guys, this is an emergency. This is why we're handling it right now. Um, and, and they realize this is our livelihood. This is how I pay for you to go play basketball and your dance class and all of those things. So they understand, um, that it's important to communicate that with the kids and set those expectations as well. But for the most part, they know that we're mom and dad when we're with you. Yeah. Amazing. And I guess, are there other examples of ways that you've had to kind of separate your personal life, the culture that you create there? 
Yeah. So uh, when my husband and I were the president and vice president, sole owners of our company, uh, we both had our specific roles there as well. I knew what I was in charge of. He knew and the employees knew as well. And they also knew that we were on the same team, very much like Mm. the mom and dad. Yes. Like they're not going to come ask me something. And if I say no, they go to Ryan and he'll say yes, <laughs> that we're, we're the same team. And they understood that as well, um, that we're aligned in our goals. We're aligned in our vision for the company. And, and so the team understood that as well. So even though it was, we're married, that, that shouldn't matter. Right. Um, in a company, you, you'll have a, a vice president, a president, the whole leadership team is aligned regardless of those relationships. And so there was a very different dynamic. Um, and I appreciated that our teams always respected us as such and as different individuals. And it's never, there's never been that awkward. Well, you guys are married and you're just, you know, it hasn't been that way because we've kept it very professional at work. Yeah. And I guess having that clarity too, in terms of mm-hmm these are the roles and this is who you go to for X, exactly. Y, Z. makes a lot more clear. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. So now that you are coaching other people in the space, I guess, what are some of the common challenges or um, hangups that you're seeing from the couples that you're coaching as well? <laughs> Well, a lot of the ones that we've already talked about, how to separate roles, how to separate business from work, um, how to how to still have a relationship outside of work. Um, we really talk to them about making date night a priority and making sure you prioritize time together where all things business are off limits to talk about, like do not talk about them. So going and working on your relationship and then we also talk about the importance of celebrating, celebrating the successes in your business, celebrating the successes in your life. Um, so often we have these big things we're trying to achieve. We achieve them and then we're on to the next and we don't take time to pause and celebrate. Uh, I remember back in 2011, we were just getting through the effects of the recession and it was it was difficult. We owed one of our suppliers almost... It was over $80,000. I think it was like $86,000. And we'd owed him that for like six months. We just, we could not get the cash flow to, to work in our favor to pay them back. And they were patient with us. And I remember my husband coming and he's like, man, if we're in business in six months, it will be a miracle and we need to celebrate. And I remember six months later, he came back and he's like, it's been six months. We should celebrate. And I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what we can do. And I get in my purse and I'm like, I've got a coupon at IHOP, buy one, get one free. Let's go have lunch. And it was like a $14 meal for both of us because of the coupon, but we'd made it through that. And we took the time to celebrate. And even though it was not like the best meal we'd ever had, we still found a way to go celebrate that. And so there's just like a little sentimental spot in my heart for IHOP now, because that was kind of like, we turned the corner, we did it. And now our celebrations are much more grandiose than an IHOP visit, but we still um, take a moment to celebrate those things. In fact, last month in June, 
that was our first million dollar month that we've ever had as far as revenue goes. So it was our, our highest month ever and something we've been working on for a long time. And it's hard when we see a lot of our competitors and maybe not competitors, but some of our colleagues already hitting that milestone. And we've been waiting and working so hard for it. And to finally hit it, it's like, okay, we're going to celebrate. And so we're we're planning a big celebration for our team, also for us. You know what I mean? It's it's important to stop and celebrate those things. So that's some other great advice for for couples and that, that we help couples with. I love that. I think, especially when you've been in business for a while, it's like you are so focused on the future and you're never looking back at what you've done. I know even for me, uh, you know, in the beginning, I celebrated like every new client that we signed on and you forget, you forget to do those things. So I think yeah. that's a really important Absolutely. reminder. Yeah, I I think another challenge that I see, and I see it more in the women that I work with. I know the men out there struggle with it too, but maybe are not as vocal with it. But just the overwhelm, the stress of so much to do, and where do I prioritize, and how do I manage my time, and how do I how do I feel like I'm being a good mom and a good wife, and and still be able to run my business successful? So that's another challenge that a lot of women work with, and. Uh, or, or this women struggle with. Um, and I know men do too, is what I'm saying. I just don't know if men sometimes are as vocal about how hard that is. They tend to, in my experience, they tend to keep it in a little bit more. And so working with women on setting those boundaries and uh, prioritizing and what can I delegate? What can I automate? What can I el- eliminate from all of these things? Um, women, we like to be nurturing. We like to build, we like to do all those things and create. And so it's, you know, working with them to help them set it up in an organized way so that they can be successful and not, and not overwhelmed, well balanced. So what do you see as the signs of overwhelm that you're typically seeing? Um, Burnout, not loving what they're doing anymore. It's, you know, it's like, I came into this, I've loved it. I've, I've been learning and growing. And now I'm just like, I need a break. I'm tired. Like they're just tired. They take on too much and they're so busy taking care of everyone else. They forget to stop and take care of themselves and nurture themselves and um, reward themselves for all of the things that they're doing. So it's this balanced approach is like not having the business be the only thing that you're prioritizing. It's finding all of those other things your health, your fitness, your um, relationships, whether it's spousal, children, parents, um, friends, social, making sure they're making time for that in their day. And if they're not, we look at their schedule and what can we take out of your schedule? What do we need to eliminate? And they're like, but but I can't, things will fall apart. And it's helping them realize things will not fall apart. They won't. They're not going to fall apart. They'll still be there. You need to stop and take time for you to power you up so that you can continue to power that because now you're just running on empty and and the business is not going to move at the momentum or speed you want to when you the 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 machine that's powering this business when you're on empty so it's taking time to stop and refuel i think that's interesting because i know a lot of business owners struggle with delegation so where do you start with someone who is taking on too much? Like, how do you help them? I guess with that fear of letting go. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, some of the things that I teach, we talk about the hats that you wear in your company, right? Like how many hats are you wearing right now in your company? And these smaller companies, I get it. You have to wear a lot of hats. You have to be the accountant that does payroll. You have to be the one that answers the phone. You have to be the one that you have to be the one that's um, working with the marketing. You have to be the one that like you have a lot of hats at times. And so it's number one, identifying all the hats that you're wearing and making a list of those. And then when you're looking at those hats, which hats bring the most value to your company? That's first, like which ones are the most valuable? Like if this, any of these hats dropped, which one would be the biggest impact to the company? And you probably need to keep that hat on for just a little bit, but look at the other ones that may not have as big of an impact and think about how you can delegate. Another one is like, what are you passionate about? Out of all those hats, which one do you love doing the most? Like you just love it because you should love what you're doing. And, and then which one are you like really good at? <laughs> because sometimes you wear a lot of hats, but you're not like really good at some of them. And there are people out there that can do those things better than you. Right. So it's, it's really just taking a moment to do a little exercise where you identify the hats that you're wearing. And when I'm coaching women, because I'm not a hat person, I'm more of a bag person. And so I call it carrying my bags. I got a lot of bags that I'm carrying. Who can carry some of these bags for me? And what's in the bags? And what are we keeping in the bag? What can we take out of the bag? So I like to use the bag analogy when I'm working with women. <laughs> but um, but it's it's really just redistributing those bags and realizing, hang on to the ones that you love the most, that you're good at, and that you're the most passionate and that make the most impact for your business. And then delegate the others or start identifying people in your company who can rise up to, to wear that hat or find people. There are so many good people out there. And um, just make sure that you've got a really great defined job description. Like you can build a company and build whatever job description you want to help with these hats. Yeah. You don't have to do it alone. Absolutely. And I do find like once a business owner is able to let something go like, wow, the exponential growth that comes from that because they've finally got the mental bandwidth to be able to do the most important things is incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially as a business owner, your job should be overall, you know, your focus should be overall health of the business and vision and lead the team. You need to be making, you know, make sure that that is your goal and your focus. And if you're stuck in the day to day, you're never going to get there. So build a team and delegate so that you can all work together to get to that end goal. Absolutely. So I know Angie, now at this point, I mean, you guys got a team of 45. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. At what point I know you said that coaches have been really instrumental to your growth. At what point did you bring on a coach? And at what point would you say it makes sense to look at getting that accountability partner? Um, we joined a best practice organization about a year after, and I think it was mostly because we didn't know what we didn't know. And we wanted, if we were going to make this work, we needed to. And so just joining a best practice organization was awesome because it opened our eyes to a variety of coaches and helped us realize what type of coaches were out there. But shortly after that, we hired our first business coach and his first focus for us was to identify our core values who we were as a company, um, lay those out, define them. And really, once we knew who we are and what we were building, then we could build upon that. But with that lack of clarity, 
we didn't know, you know, what direction are we going? How do we build a mission statement or a vision statement if we don't even know who we are? <laughs> and, and so once we got the values in place, it was like that was the foundation. And then everything kind of took off after that. We knew that we were a company that we could be trusted. We were going to have integrity. We knew that we were a company that valued families. Family was always first for us. And that was our motto before we started, like family first, before we were in the business and in the business, we wanted all of our employees to know that their family is important and we were going to treat them like family. Our customers were going to be like family. So um, having family be one of those core core values. Um, we we really just identified, and when we were trying to think of values, we seriously brainstormed like 50 different values and then narrowed it down to about seven. And today we've narrowed it down to even further, like four, we have four main values. But I think once that business coach helped us identify who we are and then helped us identify how to, and teach us how to build systems and processes off of that foundation, that's when we really started to grow. So that was our first business coach that we hired. And he was really great at time management too. The, we've talked about being overwhelmed and how to be more productive in our day and how to get things done in an orderly way instead of a chaotic way. And so it was really great to just start with a nice structure to be able to do that. And I still use so many of the things that he taught us to this day in my own personal life and in my coaching as well. Yeah, I love that. And I found the same thing in my business, like every coach or consultant, like, fills a gap, but it's yeah. something that not only helps you in that time, but it, it's things that you continue to go back to and become mm -hmm. essentially like a foundation of your business. Absolutely. So I know, Angie, that you're doing a number of things now that you've got, you know, your team to the level that you're at, you guys have been acquired. Um, so tell us a little bit about your work as well, I guess, like how your role has evolved with Western Heating and Air Conditioning, and some of the other things that you're involved with now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, after 2020, 2020 was a big year for us. Um, it was obviously just like any other year we started out with our goals we set out with our ambitions we knew our revenue numbers we knew what we wanted to achieve as a company and then of course the pandemic hit it was very scary for us um i remember we were actually in hawaii at the time everything started shutting down i didn't know if we were going to get stuck there which wouldn't have been bad don't get me wrong <laughs> that would have been okay to stay there but i just remember sitting by the pool and starting to write all new protocols and all new, all these things that we're going to do communications to our customers, to our employees. Like I spent that vacation trying to rework what business was going to look like at Western heating and air conditioning and how to get through that really taking on that proactive leadership. Like we're going to get through this. We're, we've got to find a way to not lose our employees, to not let our business fail. It was very scary. And so to come back from that vacation and start implementing everything, working harder than we've ever worked just to make sure everyone would be safe and still be able to keep the doors open and serve our customers. It, it ended up just being such a blessing and so many good things came from that for our business. Um, our, our business actually grew quite a bit that year and it was awesome to the point where um, I actually was recruited to go work for Service Titan, who was our software provider at that time to go and um, advise other contractors to help write playbooks, to help work on some of these things, to help other contractors. And so it was awesome because I was able to 
take what I'd done and bring it on a higher platform and be able to, to serve more people there with what I've learned. And um, so as I started to do that, I realized that to be able to give my 100% to Service Titan, I was no longer able to give 100% to Western Heating and Air Conditioning. But my husband was so excited for this opportunity and our company had been doing so well. Um, we'd just gone through a major rebrand as well. It would, the timing just worked out to do that. And so as I, as I stepped a, a, away from Western heating without totally stepping away, keeping a foot in the door there, coming in, visiting, you know, working in the office every now and then just so I could stay fresh in the industry, but not really in the day-to-day that I had been, it was a great opportunity. And I've learned so much King. um, it's a different dynamic being a business owner and now working for a large corporation. I've learned so much from the amazing professionals at Service Titan and I'm still there and I'm still learning and growing. Uh, But now um, coming back in and taking the marketing back on, I'm now the director of marketing there and just so many fun things about marketing. It's, it's, I think that's the thing that I love the most. That was my passion. You know, when you talk about all the hats, if I could wear one hat and come back into the business, that was the one I wanted to do because you just have opportunities to connect with the community, connect with your customers and continue to build and develop the brand that we worked so hard to develop over the last 15 years. Is It's been a blessing and a privilege to be able to come back and, and keep working on that with the company. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And what a perfect fit with what you're doing with Service Titan now as well. So fun. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) So Angie, I know we covered so much here today, and I feel like there's lots more that we could, but uh, (laughs) every good thing has to come to an end. Exactly. (laughs) I know our listeners are going to want to learn more about you. So what's the best way that they can connect with you? Oh my goodness. Find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook, reach out. Um, you can send me an email at Angie at westernheatingair.com. I'd be happy to connect with you and, and learn more about you and, and, and see, see how I can serve you. So thank you. Amazing. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Angie. I think our listeners are going to learn so much from this episode. And I'm so appreciative of your time and insights. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, if you love this episode, if you learn something here from Beyond the Tools, you can actually head to our website at beyondthetoolspodcast.com and you can sign up to get updates whenever we have a new episode. So go to beyondthetoolspodcast.com. You'll see the option there to sign up and we'll send you the new episodes as soon as they're released. 